some people call me the space cowboy ladies and gentlemen this is an auspicious day what a day what a fabulous day it is in fact a red letter day Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Bill. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker. Parker, one of my all-time favorite genres in filmography is the Western. Now, some of my all-time favorites are The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Once Upon a Time in the West, The Searchers, Rio Bravo. But another one, one that's very little known, is Trinity is Still My Name. And it's like kind of a buddy comedy sort of thing, and it's it's a little bit silly. There's some slapstick in there. But it's overall, it's a whole lot of fun. 1971, you should really check it out. I like the scene where all the guys eat beans and they fart a lot. I forgot about one of the all-time greatest comedies. You know, thinking about westerns and comedies, they really do go so well together. I only wish someone had told Barry Sonnenfeld. Can You know, we have been asked on at least two separate occasions by the other Alex why we picked the Wild Wild West as this week's movie. <laughs> I have not been able to come up with a concrete answer, and I've listened to that Jurassic World episode twice. I don't remember why we chose this, but here we are. I feel like at some point, Ted Levine came up, and then Alex, who has seen Wild Wild West approximately 40 times, <laughs> mentioned his role in it, and we couldn't think of anything else, and neither of us wanted to see Sicario 2. And now here we are. Great. Uh, <sighs> Making good decisions as per usual. Well, Parker, before we get into this, do you have any news for us? I have one vital piece of news I want to share with Let's you. Let's go. You know, we live in a pretty divisive time right now. Yes. That's no secret to anyone. Mm-hmm. But it's good to see people come together for a good cause. Because as of right now, The Last Jedi remake has <laughs> has earned $398 million. You are <laughs> shitting me. That's real money. That is $400 million real dollars that exists. Oh my god, that is it's enough to happen. actually... You know what? That's the thing. Uh, one of the most important pieces of advice I ever got from someone when I started looking for a job, he was like, put a price on it. So if it, it sounds like, oh, yeah, it would suck to be like working for Regal my entire life, but if you pay me $400,000 a year, shit, yeah, I'll work for Regal scrubbing the floors and like making popcorn. Same thing here. If they get enough money, they could just buy back the original actors. Shit, if they get enough money, they could resurrect Carrie Fisher. So... I, you know what? This has potential. I am in favor of the Star Wars remake. The original is awful. Anything else? I mean, that's really <laughs> it. There's nothing more important happening in the world around us. Oh, I can make a pledge right now. That, I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, who would know better how to write a movie? So I just give them my email address, and then you choose how much you're pledging. And then it counts. Okay. Well, that checks out. Okay. Bam. All right. 50 bucks. Well, it's at terribleblog.com. No, I well, it's, I, <laughs> I would be patient with that. So yeah, that's boy, that's a fucking idea that is dead in the water, isn't it? <laughs> we live in the worst goddamn time to be alive. 
<laughs> He's drooling. Whatever. I think last week I said something to the effect of, like, I don't really care about this sort of thing because people get so worked up over this stuff, but now that it's made almost $400 million, I start to think yeah, about, I mean, you know, like, I first of all, I think that we're living in a very decadent society, all right? Life now is better than it's been in the past. However, if I could get on my old man thing, back in my day, if we didn't like a movie, we didn't make, like, a giant protest that was like, oh, give me $400 million to make a better version of it. We're just like, okay, you know what? That didn't work. I will go see something else. Look, they put their money where their mouths are, and, uh, you know what? That takes guts. It's very brave. I would rather talk about fucking Gamergate than Star Wars at this point. They're gonna cast. Thanks, they're gonna cast James Woods in it. <laughs> oh. oh my god! Like the fucking tweet about making a right wing version of like Hulu, but it's just them remaking the Last Jedi. It's just Roseanne as Carrie Fisher. Oh, oh it's gonna be such a twist oh when you find god. out that uh, Kurt Schilling is the one who's fronting this entire thing as executive producer. <laughs> Oh yes, the first order. Who is now MS thirteen? Oh, he's actually making the video game adaptation. Never mind. <laughs> this world. Okay, so uh, let's talk about our recently watched because I have a more than I anticipated here. So first, I watched a documentary, a little known thing called "Won't You Be My Neighbor." Uh, this is about Fred Rogers oh, of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I only cried three times. And uh, I you. can safely say this, it is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen in my life. There was not a whole lot I didn't already know going into it, but it's just the way that you see it and hearing his voice, the way that he talks, it's so important. And the quote, love is at the root of all things, all relationships, all learning, all knowing, love or the lack of it. I don't have anything negative to say about this. Uh, I, I cannot see that in a theater. Yeah. That will be so devastating yeah. for me. Because there was a point in my life... Where I was in a real, real bad place, especially in my last couple years of college. And I'd be up all night, every night. And one of the last things I'd see before I went to bed at like 6am, I'd turn it on PBS and watch Mr. Rogers. Because I was like, oh good, something good is happening he before believes I go to sleep. <laughs> something that's not just constant screaming in my head. Thank you, let's go to the Puppet Kingdom. Yeah. And just, let's just have a nice, pleasant half hour before I fall asleep and wake back up. Yeah. So yeah, won't be seeing that in the theater. <laughs> I also had a Drankosaurus while watching it, because you can watch any movie, the specific <laughs> menu in it, and guess what, the Drankosaurus is still my favorite drink I've ever had. Um, <laughs> kind of undermines the beautiful message of the movie. <laughs> I will have a Drankosaurus. all things about, I want a Drankosaurus! <laughs> it's the best name for a drink, too, I think that adds into it. It is pretty great. Uh, now, uh, two movies I saw here. Um, I've, I've been talking with one of my Korean friends, and I was like, oh, I should watch more Korean movies. And she was like, a lot of Koreans are noir. So I was like, oh, you're speaking French now. And she's like, oh, well, noir just means gangster. And I thought about it, I was like, shit, I think she's right now. Noir is French for black, and film noir was like a sort of a darker film instead uh -huh. of all these happy-go-lucky feel-good movies that they had in the 1930s. But uh, now noir, in fact, noir started to mean it even in the early 1930s, all the way up through the mid-50s, and in fact, still today, uh, film noir basically means a film with gangsters, which is unfortunate because that's not what the term is supposed to mean, but it's the way people use it. So I watched uh, two movies. I watched DOA, which stands for Dead on Arrival, and Panic in the Streets. Uh, they, they weren't really enough to hold my attention. I've seen a lot of film noir, and these two just weren't enough to really, really grab me, but... They're all right. I'd say check them out sometime. I also also watched a 1950 movie called uh, Destination Moon. 
I have a, there's a really, really nice swing song out there called Destination Moon, which is what attracted me to it. It's a sci-fi movie. It's about, uh, you know, what's it like to go into outer space, that sort of thing. It was based on a book written by Robert Heinlein, who did a lot of work on the movie. And it's in color. No, you're just oh, not going to do okay. that. There's That's also going to take more than that. Buddy. There's also a Woody Woodpecker cartoon in it, an honest to goodness one. Great. They go to the moon. <laughs> Is that you're selling for? Yeah, okay. It's just so. a Woody Woodpecker cartoon. Actually, the Woody Woodpecker cartoon is the best part of the movie. It's it's okay. It's uh, <laughs> I don't doubt it. It I have to admit the drama gets pretty intense. It's actually like this other movie called Marooned, which has uh, who's the guy who played uh, Lex Luthor in the very first. Superman movie, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman yeah. Uh, that that movie Marooned was so good that was a no, that was nominated for an Academy Award and was also featured on Mystery Science Theater three thousand. So, not the best point of comparison. Oh, nice. uh, next up, Parker. Um, sometimes works work gets a little bit slow, and we have the opportunity to you know, oh, I got all my work done on the overnight, and I can maybe like I could watch a movie or something on YouTube, and I don't know, I got into kind of a weird area and i watched a 1958 movie called attack of the 50 foot woman it's uh first of all she was actually about 30 feet tall and uh second of all it's not quite as feminist as people would like to make out it's uh a woman gets like blasted by an alien or something she keeps growing until she's 50 feet tall and kind of reminds me of Uh the amazing colossal man except uh yeah she shapes her legs she step all over people (sighs) yeah Big, strong, <clears throat> fucking yeah, okay. Big and tone. it was remade in 1993, yeah. directed by Christopher yeah. Guest of all people, and starring yeah, Daryl Hannah. Yeah. The 1993 version of Attack of the 50 Foot Woman, which I also saw. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. Are you alright? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, you know. Are you cool? Yeah, it's fine. It's, hey, man. It's, hey, they're not hey, Chris. Co- yeah. Are you cool? Yeah. You Everything's cool? okay. Yeah. So, uh, Daryl Hannah's in it, and she's, I said I'm fine, and, uh, she's, yeah, she's... Hey, we're all friends here. This is a safe place. So, uh, Daryl Hannah's actually, this is, here's where things get kind of weird here. This is actually, uh, compared to the first movie, this is a pretty decent movie. Uh, it's definitely far more feminist, and I think it makes a strong message. I think that's the point of science fiction, is you have to have some sort of message for the future about the way that we treat other people, and yeah, this has a decently feminist bent to it, and... I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say that I like it or I'm ever going to watch it again. But uh, yeah, it was, it was all right. As your boy Russ Tamblin in it. <clears throat> oh. Well, in that case. And then I watched. That's the reason I'll watch it. Just a normal guy appreciating his favorite actor. And then only two days. Only two years feet. later, 1995. Golden arches. I watched. On my fucking face. Attack of the sixty foot centerfolds. And Are we. I, hey, hey, man. Yeah. Do you need to talk? Like, do you want to go off mic? I, no, I, cool? it's, let's keep recording. Um, Is work stressing you? No, it's, yeah, it was, I, was, uh, I was having a good time at work. I'm not upset. Just want to kick your shoes off and take a load off? Yeah, change you know, change my shoes and put on a sweater or something like that. Watch Attack of the 60-Foot Centerfolds. So, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah um, Sean Young's in it, I think. Paddling on. Yeah, and uh, it's it's okay. Uh, it's, uh, it's actually... I, I think it's probably the worst of the uh, Attack of the... Some seriously very it's tall individual women, and okay, yeah, and uh, it's you know there's a lot more nudity in this one, so not exactly a feminist bent on this. 
Also, some guy gets attacked by a giant rat. So, after I finished that, I was like, okay, enough. Let's try to get serious. 2012, I watched Attack of the 50-Foot Cheerleader. Jesus uh fucking Christ. <laughs> This has Treat Williams in or it. Or is not an accident at this point. <laughs> you made a concerted decision. This has, this has Treat Williams and Ted Raimi in it. I couldn't oh, possibly say fuck. no. <laughs> Ted Raimi would do this podcast for $20. <laughs> Uh, you do it for twenty one fifty. Come on, but uh, <laughs> we really should try to get him on or something. But uh, Attack of the Fifty Foot Cheerleader you got gas money is Ted arguably yeah. one of the better ones. Even though this one also has a little bit more nudity than I would have liked for a movie of its type. This movie has people who are like actually trying. Like it was made by uh, who's that guy who makes like a ton of really schlocky movies. Ruin Johnson. No, not that. I don't remember his name. It's not important. But uh, this guy's, uh, you know, the most important thing about it is, is that the actors are all trying, like, harder than Daryl Hannah did. Like, they're all, like, being goofy as hell, but they're all, they also know exactly what they're doing. And it's, I don't know, this movie's kind of kind of fun. And you know what, Parker? Those are the only attack of the whatever foot things that I could find. But it makes you think there's so many more possibilities out here. What about Attack of the 50-Foot Nurse? Or Attack of the 50-Foot Stenographer? Or Attack of the 50-Foot Librarian? Or Attack of the 50-Foot 50-Foot Woman? Are you okay? You know, this week makes a lot of sense. Because what's hotter than two giant feet stepping on you? Eight giant feet on a big mechanical spider just stomping all over me like crushing grapes. Yeah. Chris, are you cool? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Um, you want to wa- take a five? No, no. I, those are the... I don't know why I watched those. So I also yeah. watched a 1947 black and white movie starring Gregory Peck called <laughs> Gentleman's it, was Agreement. This, was this during your refractory period? Like, <laughs> all right, let me cool down. Watch some bullshit talkie. It's actually... I have to admit, this one's really good. This is directed by Elia Kazan, who also did... Downloaded a lot of movies off him. Yeah, I, <laughs> I got him. Why do I, why do I bother? Uh, this is about anti-Semitism, which uh, actually pretty brave of this movie to do that in 1947 because anti-Semitism was still on the right. Even though this was like after uh, World War II, and we know we knew about the Holocaust and all that other stuff. Well, thank this, God we're past that. This movie, like, it, it really does. It has a very powerful message that I think continues today. Is that you see all these people who, oh, I hate anti-Semitism and I deplore and I do all this other stuff, these so-called good people, and then they help it along. If you don't call it out when you see it, you're essentially endorsing it. It's the same thing with racism and sexism and homophobia and bigotry of all kinds. If you see a 50-foot woman, say something. If we don't improve America on our own, then where are we going to be? We are going to be no better than those that we supposedly deplore. Then I watched a movie called Outcast. It has Nicolas Cage and Hayden Christensen <laughs> in it. Uh, they play fucking crusaders. Uh, and they go to China to save a prince and princess from their evil prince brother. That checks out. This movie was forced upon me by Alex. Because <laughs> I lost a bet. Damn it. There's and, no way uh, Jurassic World will make $130 shut million. Dollars. It actually... Guess what? The joke's on you guys. I actually love this movie. Of course you do. <laughs> this movie is real good. I almost watched it with you. This is actually really fun. Nicolas Cage is more ridiculous in this than he is in Con Air. Like, it was like, oh, his southern accent. No, 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 dude. Listen to his voice at Outcast. It's incredible. It reinforced what I've been saying all along. Hayden Christensen is a good actor. 
and this movie is ridiculous, but it's also kind of easy to get into. Like, the action's really good, and uh, I kind of get invested in the story. The one thing they don't do well is they don't characterize as well as they want. This is a movie that cried out for, like, 15 more minutes of screen time for almost every character. Because, like, the princess is not a character. Uh, the prince is not a character. Neither one of the princes are a character. Though, in fact, I would say this movie has two characters: Hayden Christensen and Nicolas Cage. Everyone else is just along for the ride, you know. <laughs> so, give the other people like more fleshing out. And I think the movie is a little bit better for it. Oh, look, when Hayden Christensen is on, you just gotta hold on. You're in for a wild ride. Yes, yeah. is a cast of people with names, huh? Yes, um, Parker. The next one. I, I've, I've mentioned this movie to you before, and I warned you about it. Oh, no. uh, this is a movie, you know, in fact, the other Alex said something ages ago that I kind of signed on with. It's like, the initial, like, idea of trigger warnings was, like, so ridiculous. It's like, that's so stupid. And then the, the backlash to trigger warnings was so ridiculous. It's like, geez, now I think I'm in favor of trigger warnings. And then it just got to a point where the whole thing just got so muddy that it's like, oh, I don't even care anymore. The next movie, Feel a Day, or Feel a Day, deserves trigger warnings, you guys got to be careful with this one. How do I spell this? Now, Parker, think about it. If I had come up to you and I had told you, hey, Parker, I watched a 1994 animated movie about talking cats that involves murder, you might say, oh, you were watching The Lion King. No, uh, this is a German animated movie. No, nope. uh, stop it. Oh, my God, these preview pictures are horrendous. Don't, I, I should have warned you. Yeah. It's the first picture that comes up. What? Yeah. Why did you... Oh my... Why? I cannot, as of right now, maybe later, but I have to think about it some more, I cannot yet recommend this movie to anyone else. This this will turn your stomach, this will give you nightmares. I'm not kidding. There was more than one part where I gasped and put two hands over my mouth like I was a southern belle who didn't get a mint julep. The other thing I have to say about this, this is one of the best animated movies I've ever seen in my life. Top three. Oh God! I kept this, reading. I, oh you my God! Sh- no, you should not have. Okay, what did you watch? Oh, buddy, let's see here. Well, before we get into movies, there's a TV show I like to mention. As I've Please said to you multiple times, me and the lady have the two TV set up, and we like to just throw something on Netflix or Hulu on there while we're playing our own games. We accidentally watched all six seasons of Veep again. All six? How long did that take? Fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, goddamn! I I love a well written, mean show full of awful garbage people. <laughs> I appreciate the dedication because there's one season. Where if only entire... we were well written. <laughs> <laughs> the entire season. She gives herself the worst fucking pixie soccer mom haircut and wears it the entire season. Like, it's it's not Fat Mac. It's not on that level where you're like doing physical damage to your body. But I appreciate the dedication and how like Julia Louis Dreyfus does not need the money for this show. She doesn't need to be on TV. She has Seinfeld money forever. But she's like, you know what? No, no, no. I'm gonna be the most trash ass human being that's ever existed, and I'm gonna be the centerpiece of this. And I you know, it. she really is incredibly talented. You know, one of the internal debates I've been having with myself about Seinfeld is, was Seinfeld the least funniest part of Seinfeld? Yes. 100%. Yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, let's be real. George was a much funnier character. Yeah, like 100%. I've, Newman was a funnier character. I've never understood the love of Seinfeld. 
What, the I, show I just, or the character? Yes. Oh. I'm not going to do the hot take of like, it's not funny. I just, I don't get it. It doesn't do no, anything for me. I, I've seen one episode in total, and it didn't do anything for me, but I can, you can see the influence, right? Oh, yeah. It was like, the sitcom. But it's okay. like, every once in a while, I will see like a scene, like a scene with no context, I'll be like, oh, I can see what well, that's funny. I'm not laughing, but that, that works, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I'm just going to say, I'm going to give some credit to Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and uh, yeah, she she deserves all these awards she's winning for Veep. She, oh, just a gorillion Emmys. My like, the buddy entire Jason cast is great. loves Veep. It's so good. Like, the entire supporting cast is great. But now they have a problem where it's like they have one season left to wrap everything up, but the whole political world is somehow dumber than everything they've concocted. So it's like, all right, what do we do now? All right, here's Mike. He's the, you know, he's the press secretary. He's dumb. Oh, <laughs> oops. See, that's that's one of the reasons. You've never heard of him, probably, but uh, uh, Tom Lehrer is one of my favorite satirists and uh, composers, and uh, he, he makes, like, parody. He was, he was like Weird Al before Weird Al, except he went even more extreme and stuff. He wrote the dirtiest song I've ever heard in my life. And uh, he did a lot of political satire in songs. And uh, I think he said he gave up when Richard Nixon got elected because he said, there is no more point to political satire when Richard Nixon gets elected. <laughs> Stole his entire bit. Like, how do you run with the seventh season of The Press Secretary is Really Dumb when the mooch happened in real life for like a month? Like, you're really stuck in a hole there. <sighs> Bring God him bless. back, though. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> Come back to her. Gotta be better than Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Look, she's a garbage person. <laughs> I think my favorite thing is that uh, people were going to the wrong red hen and yelling at him. <laughs> they were talking to a fucking the book publishing company. company. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite thing. It's, it's like, yo, I'm not going to make any more reservations there. It's like, I don't think you could. <laughs> uh, we don't recommend eating our books. But you share the same name. All right. Yes, very good. The world is somehow even dumber than it was yesterday. Oh, look, you guys have the same logo. It's a red hen. We're called the red hen. Then tell me how you could have the same name. Just riddle me this. Is abortion murder yes or no? (laughs) (laughs) All right, what else did you watch? Let's see. Let's talk about Unsane. Yes. Holy Jesus. Okay, so I did you an unkindness by not mentioning that I have seen this. It hurt me deeply that you I'm sorry. kept the secret from me. So I mean, off the top, before we talk about the movie itself, I just want to say how much I love that you have people like Tarantino. <laughs> like, <laughs> we have to preserve film at all costs, no matter what. Like, we have to preserve shooting on film. And Steven Soderbergh's like, I'm just going to use a camera. I'm just going to use my fucking iPhone. Like, I don't care. None of this matters. My dude took two iPhones and shot in 10 days one of the most unnerving things i've seen in years this movie shook me deeply see that's one of the things where when you think about movies it's okay to come up with a gimmick like and i don't mean like tommy was so shooting the room in like two different kinds of formats <laughs> right next to each other but i'd be like shooting it on like a camera or like you, you saw that that new uh trailer right the one where it looks like they're all on skype chat they're watching a movie on, oh, buddy. on skype chat Unfriended is in your future. I, I hope not. And uh, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> that looks like a gimmick. But if the gimmick is supported by a good story, a good narrative, then I think I'm all in favor of it. And Unsane has that. Like you realize, I think in the first act, you realize exactly what you're in for, and you're like, I am into this. 
Like, even if you take out everything with the stalker and all that, just the conceit, like, the setup alone had me white-knuckling my chair. Like, if I had seen this in the theater, I would have thought about leaving because it made me so uncomfortable. Because, like, you have to remember, I live in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) I could very easily see being in that exact situation. The fucking hardest thing for me was, like, being able to finally verbalize, like, hey, guys... I'm kind of fucked up. Like, I need someone... I need to reach out to someone. And the idea of finally getting that strength to do it and then being locked up against your will is one of my biggest fears. And I did not realize that's what the movie was going to be. And, oh boy, was that an uncomfortable 90 minutes. I bet. fucking Christ. So you had a good time. That was... That was rough. But in a good way. You can see why I didn't rewatch it with you. Yeah, that's, that checks out. I don't. That was a very good movie. Don't know when I'll be visiting that one again. It's gonna have to be a while, because that was very unpleasant. So the rest of these will be pretty quick. Okay. So I rent. Okay. <laughs> a little bit of setup. So you know, I'm sure you remember back in the day, you'd be going through Blockbuster, you'd go through the horror section, and just look at all the covers. Oh, yeah, just spook myself, you know? So, it's like I'm getting my own horror movie right there. Uh-huh. So I'm leaving work. I open my Redbox app, and I add Unsane. It's like, hey, you might also like... And it's like the same bunch of movies. And it's like, how about this movie called Terrifier in the covers of a Uh-oh. scary clown? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking do it. And you know what? It's surprisingly pretty good. Like, it's low budget, obviously, but there's a lot of good gore stuff. And it caused me to have a conversation with myself I was not prepared for. So about halfway into this movie, this evil clown man, who I will reiterate is incredibly upsetting to look at, like the makeup, the facial expressions, like apparently the dude that played him is a mime, and it fucking works. He, mm, I don't like clowns. But about halfway into the movie, he's got this girl, and she's, you know, it's the typical thing, like, oh, she's going to try and get away, he's, he might want to torture her, she's got to get away. So she's almost free, and then he just pulls out a gun and shoots her in the fucking face. And I stopped for a second. It's like, oh, that's bullshit. That's a cheat. Like, why does that count? But I was watching with my lady friend there, and she looks at me like, how is that any different than using a machete? And I realize I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> like, my whole life, that's always been a thing of, like, a slasher killer shouldn't use a gun. That's cheating. But why does it matter? Why are finger knives okay, but a gun is somehow this movie's bullshit turned it off? Wait, it's it's obvious why it's it's different. Because if you use a gun, it's like all you're caring about is the end result. You don't care about the road to get there. The reason that you use the knife or the scissor hand thing or whatever than that is because it looks so much more gruesome. With a with a bullet, all you get is a hole. Well, and with uh with the knives and everything, you see the blood on the like the steel and everything like that, and it, there's like more gore. That that's the reason that they do it. To be fair, right before that scene, he had her friend strung up upside down and just cut her right down the middle, slit to tip. Like, it was See? upsetting. And then he just capped her in the fucking head. Now, the other thing here is that when you use a bullet, you read, you know, there's a lot more distance there. With a knife, you gotta get up close and personal. I mean, that's what makes it so much scary. It's like, oh, he could be right around me. If he's got a gun, then it's like, it's not fair anymore, is it? It's, yeah. Then it's like an action movie. It's like, it, it, it's what turns a horror movie into like a disaster movie. It's like, if I'm just surrounded by snipers, then it's like, I'm not getting out of this alive. It was kind of funny the way they did it, because he's got like a little bag of 
you know, a bunch of torture weapons that you see him pack up early on. And yeah. she's, like, struggling to get away. Like, she's pretty much dead to rights. And he's slowly reaching. They're like, oh, what's it going to be? What? And it's a gun. He just shoots her, like, six times in the head. It's kind of funny. But then the surprise is like, oh, there's still, like, a half-hour movie left with a different girl. Like, it's not great, but I, I like to support low-budget horror. And it's a pretty good one. Like, compared to most things you're going to find at Redbox or on Netflix that you've never heard of, it's pretty good if you're a horror fan. Not for a casual. A casual f- movie watcher will get nothing from it. I hate casuals and normies. I fucking hate normals. <laughs> so after that, I watch a movie called Mohawk, and it was very disappointing. It oh. it didn't know if it wanted to be a horror movie or more historically accurate or a drama. It just it couldn't make up its mind. It was really disappointing because it was the follow-up to a movie called We Are Still Here that I really, really like. I would recommend that one instead. Mohawk was... Eh. Yeah. You can't promise me, like, vengeful Native American spirits and then have it be almost bloodless. I'm sorry. It's a real shame. There's another quick one. It's a movie called Anti-Birth. Now, <laughs> I was not going to bring this movie up because I was pretty bored about halfway into it, but I'd already made the halfway mark commitment, so I had to finish it because mm-hmm. crippling autism. You know this. So there's about two minutes left in the movie, and like the conceit of the movie is, <clears throat> this woman, like she didn't get laid or anything, but she's pregnant with something. She doesn't know what. It keeps growing to like ridiculous size. It's pulsating. It's all gross. And the very end of the movie, she gives birth to this ungodly like lizard fish, like people head looking thing. And you're like, all right, that's kind of cool. Then a, a guy comes in, like, of course, there's, like, the government agent, like, how are we going to take that away from you? Then a hand comes out of her vagina. <laughs> and mm. then an entire fully human-sized monster emerges from her, and her skin deflates like a balloon. This movie is not good, but that last 90 seconds made up for it for me. <laughs> I'm happy I got to experience watching that absolute nightmare of a thing crawl out of her. It was definitely worth bringing up. Well, now I have that, I guess. That, yeah, so it's just, better than Teeth. I couldn't finish Teeth. <laughs> like, this <laughs> looks like a funny idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, the last movie is a movie I think we mentioned at one point the last week. I don't remember how it came up. But it turns out Piranha 3D is on Netflix. What? Why? Because it's... it's kind of really good no no i mean i'm surprised that it's on netflix huh all right so if this movie also left me with an existential crisis like so obviously it's a self-aware movie it knows what it yeah, is yeah like there's no bones about that well, what makes something like this work and the sharknado movies not work whatsoever is gianna michaels that is that's high up on the list but i think i boiled it down to something specific here so the sharknado movies and, like, by Sharknado 2, it was just already, like, let's get as many D-list cameos as we can. Let's get fucking Kelly Osborne to show up for 30 seconds. Whereas this movie decides to have a 3D shot of a piranha barfing Jerry O'Connell's dick into the audience's face. And I think <laughs> that's what makes that movie work. I cracked open a nice new bottle of rum. I drank a lot of it. I watched a bunch of piranhas eat people. That was a wonderful evening. I cannot recommend it enough. At this point, all I can think about is Ving Rhames in the trailer saying, Bring me my legs. <laughs> <laughs> movie. I forgot Adam Scott is in it. 
He is in so many shitty action horror movies. God bless him. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. We started Silicon Valley again, because that show is very, very good. You know, one of these days I'm going to watch a, a grown-up movie like that. You're texting me about cartoons like I don't already have too many. I mean, man. think about it like this, man. You're talking to me about fucking uh, the new DuckTales? DuckTales is real good. It's real I, good. I bet it is. You know, I didn't actually like the original DuckTales, though. I have, like, no memory of it. I was probably, like, what, two or so when it came on? Like, I've, I vaguely remember Darkwing Duck, and that's it. But this new show, it'd be up your alley. You dig it. Now, Chris, I think it's time to go. Once upon a time in the West. That's one of the greatest... Fucking, okay, whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, Wild Wild West. I feel like at the top we should get the piece of trivia out of the way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that the Will Smith turned down the Matrix to be in Wild Wild West. I feel like now, that just has to go at the top so you think about it the entire time. Now, that, that there are two things here that go into this. Is First of all, are you a fan of the Matrix? I don't, I don't know. Are you like a big Matrix guy or something? Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen him. I would actually love to go back and rewatch him. But when it came out, dude, come on. Of course. Look at me. You could tell me I didn't love a movie with Keanu Reeves doing martial arts and gun fu. Like, come on. I mean, what it comes down to here is, would it have been better with Will Smith? See, that's the problem, because, like, on one hand, Will Smith would have crushed it, because Will Smith in the 90s is an unstoppable force of charisma. But I don't want to live in a world without that Keanu Reeves performance. Because that leads to a world without John Wick, and I don't want that world. Well, you know, now that I think about it, I don't know that I would have liked Will Smith in this because one of the things that Will Smith does is that he always enhances whatever script he's given. But if he's given a substandard script, he has a lot of heavy lifting to do and sometimes he can't do it. Look at After Earth. Oh his worst performance ever. Then you look at Wild Wild West. I really think that this is like a bottom five Will Smith performance and it's almost entirely due to the script. He is trying. He is trying very, very hard in this. But there's only so much you can do with a script this bad. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot of shit about this movie. But God bless everyone in it. Either they knew what it was and went, oh, okay, it's this kind of movie. Or they or just had their Will, chance. Nor was Will Smith going, as God is my witness, I'm going to carry this to not being a box office bomb that follows me forever. Like, he knew. I'm pretty sure he knew from day one. I was like, okay, I know what I'm getting into here. This is mighty unfortunate, but this is just the hand that I have been dealt. You're going to pay and me that's... how much money? Yeah, well, you know, this is what we get. Uh, now, we also get something like, uh, what's his name, Kevin Klein. God almighty. Uh, he's, look, uh, what do you want this man to do? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to have anything good to say about his character, but Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter who you put in that role. I know. Unless I it's someone who just shows up on set, takes the script, rips it up, and goes, "No, nah, I'm not doing that." There's nothing I, you can really do. I I know that they must have wanted a Tim Curry for this role. Oh my God! Not a Kevin Klein, but <laughs> what they were like, "Oh no, leading man, Kevin Klein." Ah oh, yes, known for those roles in the '90s, such as such as 
whom could possibly know? So the first thing here, we actually do have to get this one out of the way, is have you seen the TV show? No. I've, Has anyone alive no. used the TV show? Why would anyone go like, ah, oh, remember that show Wild Wild West? Fucking no. It's the Wild Wild West, and also no. Uh, oh, remember I, the I, Mod Squad? Like, fuck off, Grandpa. <laughs> Mod Squad, you probably have watched. I bet you're watching that with your girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know me. Big so the first fan thing of the I, classics. So when you think of... What, actually, not what I think of or you think of. When anyone thinks of Wild Wild West, what they first think about is a theme song. You know, the Wicked Wicked Waz or blah, blah, blah. But uh, I can't rap. Uh, but instead, the movie can't just give us that. We have to Dude. wait all the way to the credits, like waiting for the toy at the bottom of your cereal box. And then first they played the theme song that I I guess was from the TV show. I'm this sorry, that theme song sucks. sucks. It's yeah. such shit. Yeah, like, ordinarily I'm into that. Like, the, the theme song for The Magnificent Seven, that's incredible. Da, 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 da. And this is just... I just do not like it at all. There's nothing for me, sir. So, cut to Will Smith making out with a naked black lady, and I'm not having a bad time. You can see uh, three-quarter titty. And by yeah. the way, hey, thanks, I brought my kids to see this Will Smith movie, and now I have to think about the fact that Will Smith came in that pool. <laughs> That's their drinking water, <laughs> and Will Smith's cum is in it. My son's asking why he can see the black woman's boobies. Great. <laughs> thanks. Thank you, Barry. Thank you so much. So How that's... How so the make... scene where she plugs up the hole uh, and he says, uh, hey, you can't just be shoving a man's like private business into a hole. And she says, oh, really? Like, you're going to get a lot of tugs on your sleeve trying to explain that. But that's not the worst part about that scene. The worst part about that scene is like they're making out, right? And then he's like trying to keep an eye with his, like, his eyes like through the hole. And he's just making out with thin air. Very didn't upsetting. need to see that. Was that supposed to be funny? I do not like. Was that it. supposed to be comical? Was it? Was anyone like laughing at that? Like just, right off the bat, you know, it's like, oh, that joke did not land at all. Just add Wild Wild West to the endless list of '90s comedies. My poor mother dragged me and my younger sister to like, oh, this will get us out of the house. It's got Will Smith. This has got Jim Carrey. They'll have a great time. Fuck. Really, movie? Two minutes in. Like, no one wants to deal with this uncomfortable situation with their children. Like, exactly. who is this for? Is this movie not for children? Because, spoilers, it's too fucking stupid to be for anyone else. It's absolutely for children. It has to be. So, uh, and again, what you realize is that, and this is all, like, you can tell in the first five minutes, is that Will Smith isn't good in this, but he can't overcome the script. You can tell he's trying really hard. He is adding as much as he can to this. But, I mean, what can you do with some of these lines? I mean, actually, here's a question: Why is he black? Not not Will Smith. Uh, That's their uh, well, We hear it uh, real. No, 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 no. I like to apologize. No, to the it's community. no. Why is the character black in the TV show? He was white. Why did they suddenly say like fucking oh, libtards taking everything, rebooting it to make it more SJW friendly? No, no, like no. Star okay. Wars and Jesus. Wild Wild West. Give me a second. I know that the real reason has nothing to do with anything like that. The real reason is they wanted a bankable star, which they got with uh, Will Kevin Smith. Kevin Klein. Yeah. Uh, as for Kevin Klein, who knows? But they wanted, you know, 
they wanted Will Smith. He had hey, Men in Black made Black. $100 yeah. trillion dollars with the same yeah. director. On paper, this checks out. He, they just made Men in Black. He made both Adam's Family movies. Speaking he of made Get out. Shorty. Like, Alright, cool. That's your resume so far. Or rather, had talent. You won't fuck this up and then also make Men in Black 2 in RV later. But my real problem with it... Oh, RV. Yeah. Episode. Uh, Rest in power. The real problem with making this character black is that it leads to way too many racist or borderline racist jokes. Boy, they're trying to have fun with it. and it Could is you not say so... that word, that B-O-Y word? Because the movie says it way too much. He says boy so many times. We'll get... There's a scene I yeah, want to talk there's about later. A, well, we're going to get to that. Here's how this movie starts. So first of all, there's a cold open with some guy we don't know getting decapitated while yelling about giant spiders. I thought this was a horror movie. Fucking, I had to check the DVD. Fucking whatever. We get the awful credit sequence that sounds like dog shit. We get fucking Will Smith and a naked woman just coming in the town's water supply, Wiki Wild Wild, and then he gets out butt naked. Some guy gets three letters into a hard R and gets knocked out. Movie. Are we cool? Because this is all children in this audience. Like, can you not almost drop an N-bomb after making me think about Will Smith's jizz? Because you can't it's, not think of it. He's coming in their water supply, Chris. Oh, absolutely. There's no pull-out in the Wild juices. Wild West. You yeah. can't pull out of the Wild West. Now, that's like that's, the least wild thing you could do. Now, that scene is all mercifully over, so we cut to a different scene. We cut to the haunted mansion that, ha- that has all those dinosaurs in Jurassic <laughs> World 2. And uh, we see some hideous, <laughs> awful, fucking... You can smell him through the screen... And now, flip a coin. Was I going to say Ted Levine or Kevin Klein? Fucking Jesus. Who Six of one, worse? half dozen of the other, buddy. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's really bad. Like, I wrote down immediately, Ted Levine is so upsetting in this, and then I wrote down underneath, Kevin Klein is so upsetting okay. in this. Serious question for you. Which was yeah. worse? One of the numerous cat murder scenes in that fun movie you watch, or when Ted Levine lowered his ear horn and the green pus oozed out of it? Which was worse for you? Cat murder. Uh, this, uh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, yeah, just, it's not even like the ear horn thing, which is already not great. Can I just mention, I fucking hate steampunk, like, a lot. (laughs) So this movie was dire. I fucking hate steampunk. I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna fucking buy like steampunk glasses if i ever open a package and see goggles i'm quitting this fucking show (laughs) oh he moves his fucking ear horn thing and like green pus comes out of it like he has no mouth and he must scream and uh (laughs) meanwhile he has to he's hitting on kevin klein dressed up as a woman and uh parker i'm gonna let you in on a little secret here this is something you may not know but uh it's uh, education time write this down it's important listen to me don't argue some guys, when they dress up as women, they are not convincing. Kevin Klein, Mike Nelson, that guy at the end of Some Like It Hot, they, uh... Oh, well, nobody's perfect. That's... <laughs> the worst part about Ted Levine is his voice. <laughs> that's the I could smell him this entire I'm, fucking I'm, movie, and I hate it. I'm gonna take you into this bed, I'm gonna... Unclasp your garter belt. Get up on the table and sing and dance. <laughs> All right, cool movie. Great. I am not a crook. <laughs> hey, Kevin Klein, uh, do a female voice. 
Oh, that's <laughs> awful. Well, we start shooting tomorrow, so I guess just wing it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was... That's insulting, really. Like, I, I kind of learned early on, it's like, if you want to make... If you want to, like, do a woman's voice, don't just do falsetto. Come on, you gotta try. You wanna know I know it's not easy. It is, it is extremely difficult for uh, the male voice to impersonate the female voice. It's a different register. There's different things that go into it. I've, I Trust me, I know I've tried. But you can't just... <laughs> oh, I'm Alex. I like to watch... Jack oh my god, I'm so happy you made it to the episode. Oh yeah. Uh, see, it's it doesn't work I like that. It's, and it's actually kind of insulting when people do that. Not going to cut it. So we <laughs> get fine. to a point where I told you no. about it. This you is know what else a- is fucking insulting? What? When that one guy's hitting on Kevin Klein and he just hits a button and a big old Looney Tunes boxing glove bounces out of his fake titty and knocks him out. Fucking kill me where I stand. See, that's the thing. Is This brings me to a major crossroads in the movie. Now, we know that there have been a couple jokes so far that have not landed. We already know we can smell two characters through the screen. We already know that one character has has polluted the town's drinking water with his dick milk. Someone's poisoning the water hole. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a trouser snake. snake in my boot. <laughs> Got him. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but uh, when you get to the part where he removes the... Is that a garter belt? I don't know women's clothing. I don't know the difference between a blouse and a shirt. Uh, <laughs> when he gets to the part where Ted Levine is removing that like clasp from oh uh, Kevin Klein's waist, oh, I blocked and this you out. see the hypnotism device on Jesus. there. Jesus, that right there is a crossroads. Mercy. You have not lost me yet. If you uh, go, if you if you take this pill, then this could be a decently entertaining movie. Look, I like Bo Welch. I like stuff. Remember, remember Waterworld, where the best part of Waterworld was like they had all that like weird like Rube Goldberg devices stuff going on. That was the one good part of Waterworld. Like, I thought hey, the best part of Waterworld cool. was Kevin Costner drinking his own piss. <laughs> he, he probably did that on. He probably learned that from Dances with Wolves. Anyway, uh, like if you if you take this other pill though, this is going to be far too silly and far too unevenly paced and, and shot and written and performed for anyone to have fun. Not the little kids, not the adults, and certainly not the fans of the original TV series, both of whom are still alive, apparently. So, it, you have to choose very, very carefully and instead, what this movie does, instead of playing, it's like, oh, I, I maybe I'm having fun with this goofy sort of setup, because there's no way you can look at the hypnotism device and not think, oh, this is silly as fuck. Instead, what they do is they have Ted Levine start barking like a dog. Oh my god. This is and like literally happens, 60 seconds after that fucking Clive Barker nightmare on his ear starts leaking. Yeah, He's barking at hypnotizing titties. Like, you are can't we, come back from it. I'm going to ask this a lot. Barry Sonnenfeld, are we cool? Is <laughs> everything going okay in Casa de Sonnenfeld? Because, <laughs> yikes. There's a I don't care question. if he didn't write it. His name's on it. He gets the blame. Oh, the, that's the thing. It's he like turned this movie into the studio and went, yep, all done, made it. Yeah, this will be good enough for you guys, right? Like, there's... Oh, jeez. And even then, you have some sort of onus to the craft to improve whatever you're given. I, I, And that's the thing. It's like, with the death of Harlan Ellison, I should be standing up for the writer and say you shouldn't be making changes to the script, but... God, that script isn't good enough. And somewhat, you know, the problem is, here isn't with the writer. The pro- Well, yeah, it is. But the other problem <laughs> is with whoever approved the script. Whoever looked at that and said, yeah, that's good enough. That's not good enough. Reading the trivia and seeing that Richard Donner was going to direct it with a script from Shane Black makes my heart hurt. God, that that could have been this movie, also with Mel Gibson before he was a psychopath. 
Hey, he would have been great. And then it was almost Tom Cruise. Could you? Mm, I'm Uh, fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, okay. So I got a bigger question So anyway, so where were we? The whorehouse chase. Oh, yeah. Kevin Klein's titties are popping out. Good. Um, I was hoping you'd remind me. Important thing here. How long is Kevin Klein going to be in drag for this movie? Because it's it's been like how long have we spent in this whorehouse? Forty five minutes, this and he's still in drag. Is, is he just going to be in drag for the entire movie? Why wasn't he in drag on the poster? This scene is at least three years of my life. Are they? I I wonder. Is the movie trying to bank on the idea that we don't know that's Kevin Klein? Because <laughs> as soon as I look at, it, I'm like, well, that's a guy dressing up that's as a clearly woman. a man. Because I yeah. have eyes. Yeah. And the ears. Yeah. Anyway, they, they're able to escape. The whole place blows up, which I like. You know, it, any place sure. that blows up. And it looks nice, although I bet Bo Welch was sad about it. Um, <laughs> do you know who Bo Welch is? I keep saying that name. I don't, but anyone named Bo would probably a, be upset if uh, Texas no, Warhouse actually, blew up. He's a, he's a set designer and stuff like that, production designer. And actually, he's pretty fucking talented he uh he made a bunch of sets for like uh tim burton who always has great sets and he, and he made it for this movie and, and then all this stuff so he's a talented guy and then he got in the director's chair and uh-huh. he made the cat in the hat hell yeah son the movie so, uh, that mike myers contractually had to do <laughs> that is episode. an episode so, and a half yeah now Speaking of episodes, let's let's go back in time to a previous episode. Parker, cast your mind back is nineteen ninety seven. So uh, Jim West, played by, I guess Will Smith, uh, goes to meet the president. Oh, Ulysses good. Simpson Grant. You took note of this too. <laughs> Do you remember how much he reminded me of Martin Sheen in Spawn? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that I shared this moment. His big bloated red face. <laughs> <laughs> Who has more cleavage in this movie, Salva Hayek or his idiot assassin from Spawn? Man, that's a real 1A, 1B situation. Yeah, I know. And like, just the setup of the scene, don't worry, it's just the 1800s where a black man walks into the president's office and pulls out a gun. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I could definitely sign on. This movie's not a complete fucking joke. <laughs> Sir, you must be lost! Oh shit, sprinkle some crack on him. <laughs> it's their latest invention. <laughs> no, no. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> He's just on the train. He makes cocaine with baking soda. <laughs> yes. I thought of it just for you. <laughs> Why don't you uh, hold on to this? Get your hands all over it. So, uh, unfortunately, Loveless's latest invention is some sort of death tank Jesus. or whatever that they show up. Now, actually, we're getting too fast here because we got to talk about the train scene. Uh, they both get themselves caught underneath the train somehow, oh thanks to God. that guy's latest invention. Oh and the guy God. says, hey, maybe we should put aside our differences and somehow gets them both up on the train. What button did he press? We're not so different, know. you and I. All right, we're both Wh- safe. Next scene. Why Why did, uh, so why does he have his chair on top of a trap door that goes underneath the train? That seems like a really bad idea. Because it's funny. Because it's I, nothing but pratfalls and nutty professor suits. Yeah. That's his whole uh, character. More the mad genius. Else. Let's talk about M. Emmett Walsh. <laughs> I was so happy when he showed up. 
As soon as I saw that guy, I just imagined him screaming at a jackrabbit. <laughs> so anyway, they meet M. Emmett Walsh, who is, uh... Do you remember Chairman of the Board? How could with I forget? Ca- with Carrot Head, and do you remember that Raquel Welch is in it? It's very much like, uh, he is like Raquel Welch in that movie. He just comes and goes, and he's got big tits. So, uh... <laughs> they go into one of the train's back compartments where they show off his latest invention... He, he sticks an overhead projector in a dead man's skull Dude, I was to see the last so image projected on the eyes. And that's not the worst part of the scene. So know what the worst part of that scene is? That is a dead man's head. You get it? That is a dead man's head. That is a dead man's head. Alright, rule of threes. He's not going to say it again. Let's get to that the next scene. Is oh, a man. dead man's... Subverting expectation. Will Smith, what won't you do? Wiki wiki and wow, wiki wow wow. It's it's like the pretzels are making me thirsty. He's just trying to find a new way to say it. Guess what? <laughs> we, it gets less funnier every single time he says it. Like at this point in the movie, I'm so done with this Dexter's Lab horseshit because it's been 20 straight minutes of I'm actually in disguise as Fat Martin Sheen, and now here's 18 <laughs> different trap doors on this fucking Hogwarts train. Now we I'm gotta talk about his other latest invention. You don't have to boobs. God. Uh, this scene goes on for another 45 minutes. See, everyone says this movie's under two hours. They're lying. This movie's, I'm still watching uh, it. 13 hours, actually. I'm hoping that the end is going to be good. Because they're sitting on the train, you know, and they're, it's like, oh, we should go and drag. And, and you know, he just got Will Smith saying, it's like, look, dude, I am a $100 million star. I don't need to dress a drag for your movie. He's like, no, really, Element of Disguise, Solid Snake would have done this. And he's like, check it out. Oh, and your titties were stupid looking. No, my titties were great. Put your hand on my breast. And M.M. Walsh, he can hear it. And the scene just keeps on going. Just keeps on going. <laughs> Gaze on my train. Yeah, oh, That's he said, joke. oh, I am hard. Because he touched his breast. But he knows they're both men. If he can't see what they're doing, what? it? It's, look, someone said breast. <laughs> And the audience is full of nine-year-olds. That's all it takes. Look, I'm already... I'm already he can't say, Alright, touch my big heart-throbbing cock. <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> you know, Back it to sweep been, the coal into the train. It wouldn't, have been, it wouldn't have been great, but what if he had touched a woman's breast? Oh, we'll get to that later. Uh, so, <laughs> Buddy. let's... <laughs> God, let's talk movie. about the bad guy. Let's talk about Dr. Loveless, which already... I wonder who the bad guy is. Wiki a name like Loveless, I can only imagine... This guy, played by Kenneth Branagh, director of such movies as the remake of Murder on the Orient Express. Gee, thanks. <laughs> and nothing else. Uh, I actually really like the character of Loveless. He's my favorite character in the movie. And it's okay to like this guy because he's doing something. I don't know what he's doing, but he's doing something. He he's on a road <laughs> somewhere, and I'm kind of interested to follow. He took this guy who's like fucking claim to fame is doing all these Shakespearean roles and he took one look at the script and the facial hair and went oh okay yeah I can do that yeah that's fine oh you know just I do declare you want it like that right (laughs) right Barry cool jump in with both feet Ken oh my stars and garters yeah keep going love the energy yeah I I don't know why but uh, I kind of love it I'm hoping for a little bit more of him uh, you know, in the original show, he was a midget, and in this, they were like, no, we can't cast Peter Dinklage. He doesn't have <laughs> rights. We'll get a guy who does have both legs and have him uncomfortably bend on them. 
and it'll have him uncomfortably bend on his legs and do that in and add special effects so we can't just possibly cast someone we can't just possibly cast a dwarf incredibly special effects god yeah. peter dinklage would just have billy mitchell here and he would just oh man oh. better movie better movie oh my God. Oh, i love that peter please dinklage man. is a great actor but cannot do an american accent always... can, can we please make a billy mitchell movie where it has peter dinklage as <laughs> billy mitchell <laughs> he'd be so fucking upset he wasn't the tallest person at every scene he'd be so god he would never sign off on that oh my god yeah okay so here's the important thing we have to talk about one of your uh, favorite scenes here. It's the wordplay between Jim Jesus West and Dr. Loveless. Fucking Christ. Uh, now, here's the thing. I like intricate wordplay, especially insults. You know, it's like, oh, they're jabbing each other. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of like short jokes. Like, remember in Shrek where he's like, men of his stature are in short supply or something like that? Or you can never measure up to him. It's like, oh, that's kind of cute. Shrek sucks. But uh, <laughs> this movie... Shrek the turd. Got him. Yeah. Oh, hey. Hey, wordplay, baby. We're riffing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of wordplay, uh, do, do you want to? I mean, you, I mean, you're from Texas. You have experience saying these words. I, I, I really should just defer to your expertise. Great. Somehow I knew this was coming and wrote it down. So he greets his friend, Mr. Jim West, by saying, "I haven't seen you in a coon's age," <laughs> with a real pregnant pause. And then Jim retorts something about fucking being short. Who could possibly care? <laughs> and then he responds with something about being a slave to something. Yeah, you don't want to be a slave to female instincts or something. It's like, then, oh, you know, women can just take your feet right out from under you. To which Ke Kenneth Brower responds, you're black. So, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, just... <laughs> just leave it in, but censor it. No one will ever know. <laughs> I feel Just, bad. I hope my roommate didn't hear that. It was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, in what world does being a bisected Confederate leader, like, oh, that's the same as being a black guy? Just tit for tat in this script. Ha, He's you rich fucking black. Gorgeous ha, you have grave war injuries. I guess we're equal. I'll catch you next time, Mr. West. Mr. West, Mr. Ooh, he's so impressed. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay, so he also meets, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, an actress who's actually pretty talented named Biling. And oh, that was her. Man. Yeah, don't make, a, don't make a joke about bilingual. Anyway, <laughs> uh, she happens to be bilingual, and she says, Mr. West, meet the East. And I was really Get hoping it. for her to do that voice of Emperor Lopan <laughs> from Big Trouble Little China, be like, West, meet East, Mr. Barton. <laughs> Can you just imagine the amount of like industrial engineering that had to go into whatever she's wearing? Look, that's not just lifting and separating. I've said multiple times that I hate on this show like pointing out boobs and stuff because every other podcast can't talk about a horror movie without talking about how fucking hot the women are. That really does actually bother me, yeah. But there is never a scene in this movie where there's a woman and her breasts are not heaved as high as unbearably possible. Like, you know, that's a good geez, point. This movie is full of, hey, a little something for the dads out there, huh? I got y'all's back. And it's in, so uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, here's because it's never ending. Poor, 
We'll get to Salma Hayek. I'm sorry. Yeah, she deserves an apology and like a thank you card and maybe flowers and chocolates, and maybe a date with me. Now, one thing that I think <laughs> I about here women. is that this movie is PG-13, right? God, boy, it is. It's just another case of who's this movie for? Well, you no, 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 no. Here, I'm going with something on this. Okay. All right. When okay, you say it's PG-13. That means that you're not just going to have, like, eight-year-old Parker get dragged to it. It also means that uh, you're going to have a situation where you have, like, some 14, 15-year-olds watch this. And these are young boys with developing bodies and developing minds and, and hormones and stuff like that. And they're going to get an unrealistic portrayal of women. They're going to think that women's bodies are all supposed to look like this. And they're going to think that you're supposed to treat women like, you know, these like these playthings. And it's just so unfortunate that stuff like that happens because, you know, you just, this is one of the reasons that we have so much sex is you just put these women's bodies on display like they're, like they're painting, like, like, like they're things, like they're not people. They don't have their own hearts and minds and personalities. Poor Salma Hayek does not much, have much of a personality in this movie. She's just a plaything, and that really bothers me. I think it's a you're good exaggerating. thing. That, it's a good thing that Hollywood isn't mostly like that. This movie was a bomb, so you know, sexism isn't that big of a deal anymore. I think you're over exaggerating a bit. So they found Salma Hayek in a corset, locked in a giant birdcage, next to the bed with a <laughs> bunch of BDSM stuff on it. Uh huh. Just regular movie for cool dudes not going through a midlife crisis. Everything's cool at home. Why won't you let me see the kids? They're half mine. You have no right to take them from me. It's cool. Susan, Everything's fine. We need to talk. You know that this comes after the scene in which Jim West accidentally plays bongo drums on a white woman's titties. Oh my Jesus God! Um, this whole sequence is and another then, four and a half hours. And then Kevin Klein yells, "Hang him!" and tosses the rope. And you think, "Wow, I really hate this scene. This really bothers me, and I feel really bad." And I'm looking around to see if there are any black people watching this movie. And then the scene goes on for another hour and a half. And then you're like, okay, wrap it the fuck up. I don't even care about racism anymore because it's just taking forever. So at what point of writing the script do you go, okay, so here's the silly scene of the attempted lynching of the black guy. And no one goes, uh, what? The, uh, who's a what now? Well, we already blew up a whorehouse. We can't just blow up two. We have to have another distraction. So they have to try and lynch him. And Kevin Klein gave them the rope. That he just had. But don't worry. Guy. It's a fucking yeah. Elastigirl rope or some garbage. It's made out of whatever Plastic Man is made out of. Hey, so, uh, don't worry, kids at home. They wouldn't have actually been able to lynch the black guy. <laughs> just another one of his wacky inventions. <laughs> oh, man, Dark. Yeah, so that scene goes on for like 90 fucking minutes, and I'm really upset about that. Then we cut to Dr... Oh, gee, okay, don't worry, I got something for this. Dr. <laughs> Loveless is in his rotating death tank in the 1870s i guess Uh correct and uh i don't know and there i think it's 1860s and uh it kills a whole bunch of people it even upsets ted levine's ear juice and he's talking to his sexy women all in corsage which by the way can we just guy talk here ladies stop listening it's guy talk between the bros at the barbecue corsets aren't sexy are they no like it just looks uncomfortable it looks it's just it looks it's like way more lights. Can you just take that off? Thank you. Why did Why did you put that on? Let's okay. We'll talk about it later. Fine. Whatever. Hi, uh, my cock okay. got shot off by a cannon. Here's a bunch of busty babes. All right, <laughs> movie. Whatever you say. Yeah. So, uh, girls, you can start listening in again. So 
does he have <laughs> sexy women working the munitions for his death tank? Is this Dr. Gold No Feet? <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. I could hear the fucking skip in your step as you took a victory lap around that joke. <laughs> it was good, though. I'm, no, I was planning on the other Alex being in here because uh, at some point, uh, Kevin Klein and Will Smith are running away from... How did they get it? I don't even remember. I think I stopped taking notes at the second act because I got yeah, kind of fine. bored with the whole thing. At some point, they're running through a cornfield. And... Uh, now, anyone could have made the easy joke and said, oh, they're going to run into Isaac from Children of the Corn. But really, how did they get in the cornfield in the first place? I can barely remember. I think it was like that little kid from Johnny Bravo in the episode where things don't, <laughs> where normal things don't happen very often. They're just, there they are in a cornfield. <laughs> they were going to run into Johnny Bravo over there. He has to get back in the house. <laughs> Alex, that one's for you, buddy. <laughs> can we just... Okay, this might just be me, but the whole thing with the giant tank gunning them all down. All the turrets were too high, right? Like, did I imagine that? Because no, I feel like they were like all that. shorter than the turrets. Well, you talk to the sexy woman number three on munitions. Oh, she's the my other favorite woman character. who uses binoculars to read lips. That I, uh, uh, what? I love gimmicks. Fucking what? <laughs> Yeah, that was. Uh, All right. I don't know if Let's that was supposed to be the next funny or scene what. Where we get to hear Kevin Klein talk about Selma Hayek's ass while she's not there, like she's not a person. Oh yeah, and then they cover it up by. Oh, they don't, do they? Yeah, he just keeps on talking about the curvature of her spine and stuff like that, and her full. What what other word do they use to describe her bosom? Yeah, I don't. I blacked out. It's it got gross. Like even I, being the garbage can I am, wasn't made uncomfortable. And just for the record, at one point, I said in the group chat, like, wow, Salma Hayek's literally only here to show her tits, huh? And I think Alex misinterpreted me. I'm not saying she's a bad actress or doing a bad job. She literally walks into frame with her breasts heaved as high as they could possibly go. Again, this is industrial engineering. Says two words, and then walks away with her bare ass hanging out of her fucking prospector's onesie. Like, she does not... (laughs) have a story she literally gets kidnapped and then just disappears for the entire climax i think the the i think the one laugh i got out of this movie is she's in her pajamas like okay so for most of the movie she's in this super tight corset right and it's got like this stupid like tutu on or whatever and again people used to think that was sexy back before they grew brains and uh then she comes out her dennis the menace slash tommy pickles (laughs) onesie and it is do you remember how carrie fisher hated her outfit for star wars because it didn't show off her like womanly curves or whatever and i'm thinking geez you had selma hayek i guess do you not know anything about the in-between because you either are showing off everything that she has leaving nothing to the imagination or you're just gonna say there is a human body in here somewhere, maybe, perhaps. And then she turns around and you can see, like, the upper ridge of her ass and possibly her butthole. And you're like, was that? <laughs> and you're like, the... I think my I laughed really hard when I just saw her in, like, the... It was, like, overlong sleeves and everything. I was like, oh, it's almost adorable. It's way too big for her or, like, Audrey the Giant. Then she turns around <laughs> and it's like, oh, she didn't unbutton her butt thing. Or I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of sad, isn't it? Like, and, they uh, show it. And then they cut back to the dudes to talk more. And they're like, Wait, and then turn she around turns again. around yeah. again to show, like, yeah, who is this you, for? The other thing is, I feel bad for Selma Hayek because it was very clear, and I'm pretty sure you picked up on this. It was very clear that she was told by the director that, hey, you are like a 
a cat in heat. Sorry, I should cut that. <laughs> Enough about Feel Day. Uh, you oh, are like... <laughs> Damn it. Sorry, that was too easy. Uh, that's that, Actually, it's so easy, I don't even like that joke. I'll cut that at a point. You are extremely horny for Jim West, not for Kevin Klein and drag. I know it's tough for you to resist, but you have to be really, really into Will Smith for this movie. You have to fight your feminine wiles and not leap on Kevin Klein wearing drag. <laughs> now, the problem here is is twofold. One, Kevin Klein, you can tell, is really into her, but, I mean, who wouldn't be looking at her? The other thing is that she is not into Will Smith. She pretends that she is, but she doesn't act like she is. Like, when she says, he's so courageous, you could almost see, like, her face. It's like she's making fun of men. <laughs> I think she is. I think she's really doing it. I was like, yeah, this is what men like to hear, don't they? They're all just little baby boys. She has decided how she's going to deliver these lines. <laughs> and the yeah. director's just like, yeah, cool, that's, what I, that's what's on the paper. Cut. Next scene. <laughs> yeah, scene done. Movie's coming along great. Yeah. Because uh, she's like, might as well roll her eyes and go, wow, so courageous. Just yeah, clearly. I, he's so impetuous. Not, I want to jump his bones. Be less interested in either of these men whatsoever. And that's fine. That's but totally that's her fine. only role in the movie is to be interested in these men. And it really bothered And to show off something for the boy. Again, this is like unrealistic body. Hey, 12 year old out there, you got a big fucking boner looking at her titties? High five. Giant spider coming. Guess wah, what? Wah, All women are like this. <laughs> women are your property. Keep them in a cage. Wow, wow. Unless they're overweight like that one woman whose titties suggest drum, which, by the <laughs> way, don't do that. <laughs> don't, do not look, guys. Body shaming is a serious issue. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> You know what's really cool? Respecting people's choices. You know what's even... Get your fucking list? titties out! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now stand on the fucking train. Yeah. Now get in the birdcage, yeah. Now, Parker, beg, is everything okay? beg to be released. Is there, is yeah, I'm cool. Right? Just having a normal time watching this all-ages family adventure movie just... with laughs and thrills and chills. Yeah, this came out the same year as The Mummy, another one that's really good. Just thinking so, about, uh, what year was this movie, 99? 99. Nine-year-old me, my sister that's four years younger, and my mom just sitting in a theater, just constant... Your sister was five when she watched this? Just constant dick and titty jokes. My poor sweet mother who was just trying to get out of the house for two hours. Huh. I want an apology. <laughs> Between this and fucking all three Austin Powers, this family needs to have a conversation about yeah. what's appropriate for children. Now, we need to talk about the slapstick, too, because at Jesus. some point they're both wearing those neck things. What are, what are those things? And by the way, isn't this scene better if we don't see it in the opening? Isn't this scene better if we don't see it? I mean, you're not wrong. The slapstick really fucking sucked. <laughs> it's another scene that I got up, grabbed a drink, went to the bathroom, came back, and they were still like, Okay, so now your head's by my dick and it looks like you're sucking my fucking dick. Isn't that weird? <laughs> we're not gay though, audience. Look at her tits. We're totally not gay. Isn't that cool? It's okay, so Barry. Dude, whatever this... happened, whatever happened at that resort, it's so cool. We, we're we all cut... cool. Cool dudes watching a cool movie. Yeah, and we go to the uh, the giant mechanical spider Nazi mastermind. Fucking uh, This scene, like, in, that's the thing. It's like, this movie should work. I know that the male Alex is going <laughs> to listen to this. Like, why didn't you guys like this? Like, when I get to that scene and I see that and all the effort that Bo Welch put into this, I'm like... Wait a second, I should fucking love this. This is hilarious. This is like the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. This should be a laugh riot. 
this is, I mean, it's like it doesn't mesh with the, with the rest of the movie, even as goofy as the movie is, you know? It's like, I don't know where to put my finger on it, but there's like an inconsistency that plagues the movie. Don't get me wrong. This is the kind of movie where when I find out someone hasn't seen it, I start oh, doing yeah. the Birdman, rubbing my hands together, walking around like, oh, <laughs> you're in for a fucking two hours, because yeah. it, it's not what you think it's going to be, I promise. It's got Will Smith. You like Will Smith? Yeah. Because I want to see the look on their face when an hour and a half in, a giant robot spider walks into frame. It starts shooting explosions <laughs> at all the 1860 oh towns, and they how built- do they get out of this scrape? Why, Will Smith dresses in drag to oh distract the man with no legs. Jesus Christ. And I'm watching this, and only now have I written down a pertinent note. What the fuck is up with the score? <laughs> it's 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 something. I'll tell you that it's, much. It, this is a very... It's not even Danny Elfman bouncy. It's just like... You know how sometimes like what they'll do is like... Uh, They'll, there's two ways to shoot a movie with a score. It's like either that you make the score first, like they did with Ennio Morricone with uh, Sergio Leone, and he would like play the score as the scene unfolds. It's like you're going to kind of like you kind of act to this music, act like this music's going around in the background. That works. Or you can shoot the movie and then show it to this to the guy who makes the score and be like, okay, write a score for the scene, and that works. Or you can do whatever this does. You make a movie, and on the side, whoever's writing that score is doing it completely separately in a different room in a different state possibly on a different planet so you guys want more bump, bump, does bump, not bump, bump, got it yeah and this during the climax where the evil giant robot spider is destroying a town and what are the flutes doing here oh my god dude. I, the flutes are the least of my issues yes and there's uh, so much going on in this finale because let me step us back just a little bit to remind you that you know when they have the net collar thing before that whole goddamn ordeal goes on so he has Salma Hayek kidnapped right and he essentially threatens to rape her and I type out how is the weird half man with no penis gonna rape Salma Hayek and then he starts talking about how he could devise something and then it cuts over to the giant throbbing pulsing steampunk dick just (laughs) sitting in the middle of the fucking desert my latest invention will smith (laughs) barry are you okay who put in the script like you know what'll drive these nine-year-olds wild this giant cogged dick just (laughs) pumping in the desert alluding that this man's gonna build a contraption so he can rape selma hayek over and over and over See, when I talk about how to treat women and how movies play a part of our perception of that sort of thing, that entire thing that you just said, basically. <laughs> I imagine that you're just like, in, like just in your room watching this, and you hear your dad go, Hey, Chris, come here. And you walk in. No. Looks like Will Smith's sucking his dick. Look at it. You see that? Yeah. All right, you can go. You know, Parker, I was thinking about the effects of this movie. I want to talk to you about uh, Barry Sonnenfeld's latest invention. It's called a green screen. Holy shit. <laughs> and boy, does he like it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but you know what? It's it's like it looks bad. It's like you can tell that they are not there. You can tell that there are so many different places where they're just... You could have shot this on location. You could just go to the fucking desert and just shoot nah. there. But it's like, no, let's go to our air-conditioned studio and shoot there for <laughs> well, a $200 million dollar movie. Going to the desert for this fucking movie. 
You know what? Uh, but they have other inventions. His latest invention, where he invents a a hang glider with a bicycle on it. Oh my god! So immediately, I'm thinking of cave dwellers, uh, where he <laughs> makes a hang glider, <laughs> and then he has the unmitigated audacity to call this. You say it. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not I, gonna say I, it either. You already made me say other things that I regret. That's a good point. I'll say it. Okay. It's like getting ready for the bench press. You just gotta. It's okay. Just I'll okay. Spot you on the My, let, let me get the uh, arm stretched over here. Just should I arch it or just no? Okay, feet planted. Oh, yeah. You're gonna hit like, that target heart rate thing into this okay. joke, buddy. Think about foxes. He calls it the Air Gordon. I've never been closer to taking my own life than I was during that moment. <laughs> Holy. The secondhand embarrassment, just knowing there was an... I don't think she was even watching the movie at this point, but she was in the room, and the idea that she could have heard it was like reliving all my embarrassing high school years, a.k.a. all of my high school years. Now, you saw this in theaters, right? No. Did I ever. Now, all I can think about is like... Imagine being in that theater, because I laughed only once, and it was just at seeing Selma Hayek in a Dennis the Menace pajamas. <laughs> but for this, I every single time they tried to tell a joke, it didn't work. This is, man, this is the least funny comedy I've seen in a very long time. What's I know, and what he's consciously trying. Trying you know? desperately to just pull anything from it. Well, I mean, I mean, fucking, what are we gonna do here? And then it gets to the ending. Boy, what a weird ending! You well, know? we talked about like great third act twists, like from *Dust Till Dawn* and stuff like that. Is there a funnier end of movie reveal than the giant spider? Because it's yes. like he has little spiders on his like. You thought suit that was funny? Shit. Oh no, not like purposely funny. I mean, sitting in a movie, watching it unfold, and then a giant robot spider appearing. Is there a funnier what the fuck is this movie twist in history? I look there. I mean, there's that actually. Okay, I guess it's kind of farcical. Okay, let me try. Let me use the word baffling. How about that? That's much better because I I definitely didn't laugh. See, here's the thing. So the ending is they beat the bad guy obviously, and it's it's so stupid. He uses his mini gun and not like mini gun as in like his little miniature toy gun. Looks like a Lego thing. And to shoot one of his robot legs, and then he sticks it to the ground, then he gets killed. Who cares? By the way, the bad uh, guy's plan is he has, like, a giant spider and, like, 40 people, and they're going to take over America, question mark? All right. Something doesn't follow to me, but uh, fine, whatever. It's kind of, he kidnaps the president, Will Smith gets a dragon, dances around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. President Ulysses Simpson Grant has to punch women in sexy corsets during the climax of this movie. Parker, remember when I talked to you about, uh, what the fuck is it called? Is that, is that Western superhero? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, fuck, what's it called? Josh Brolin. <laughs> Fucking Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, remember Jonah Hex, how I got really mad where they talked about Eli Whitney inventing a super weapon? <laughs> <laughs> That's the same thing know. where they're talking about, yeah, Ulysses Simpson Grant was on top of a giant mechanical spider punching women in sexy corsets. <laughs> Look, again, the way that we say this, this sounds great, right? Just like you say these words and you're like, oh, this looks so ridiculous. How could this not be funny? But then you watch it and it just, nothing lands, you know? Nothing lands except one line. 
Oh, let's hear it. I know you didn't laugh. I wouldn't say I laughed, but if I didn't mention it, Alex would never forgive me. Let's hear it. And that is, of course, when Will Smith is fighting the henchman. A guy attacks him with a knife. He throws him off the spider and says, no more Mr. Knife Guy. I completely forgot about it. Oh my god! This isn't that kind of movie. Like Will Smith is not that character. (laughs) See, that's the thing. Is like you talk about how cool he is, and like he was even like the easily, I think, the uh, best actor in um, Suicide Squad. Because like, I mean, but look at the lines that he was given in Suicide Squad. You can't just say that's gangsta and make it sound cool. So was it some sort of Wild Wild West? Wiki Shut up. Wiki. No, no, it doesn't work. Anyway, back to the ending, <laughs> which I really didn't want to work talk about then either. Sorry. Is with Selma Hayek at the end, she's like, Oh, I haven't been completely honest with you guys. Turns out this one doctor who I don't even remember from the movie is my husband. I they was so hoping for what? her to just take off like a latex mask like she's uh ma- like she's pistachio disguisey and reveal that she is far better at dressing in drag than either one of our two main characters <laughs> and lone fucking behold it's the short guy from Jurassic World 2. <laughs> but no, they don't do that. Instead, uh she just leaves. At least we have each other. They put their hats on. And then oh, it looks like they're riding horses, but then they get on they're on a giant spider and they just ride off into the distance <laughs> they ride the spider into the sunset now uh what are they going to do with a spider because i think that's a question if they're just riding their horses off into the sunset they're like oh off to their next adventure or something which also wouldn't make sense but uh it's like yeah now we have our giant mechanical spider are they gonna dispose of it are they gonna sell it or i mean what's what's going on here and worse yet is the ending line because parker I, I, I could solve a Rubik's Cube in under one and a half minutes. I, I like to think I'm a pretty sharp guy. But when someone says, hey, can I ask you a question? Uh, and he says, no, you can't. Or somebody's like, would you mind if I asked a question? He says, I do mind. And they're just riding a giant mechanical spider. I, Parker, what the fuck? What, what does that mean? I, I, I cannot possibly fathom what they were trying to get across. What message are they trying to communicate here? Yeah, we'll add something in post. Don't worry, we'll fix yeah, this up. we'll run the credits now. Okay, finally, you all came what you're looking for, the song. Dude, this movie ends with them walking on a giant robot confederate daddy long legs into the sunset, and then it cuts to black, and then the Wild Wild West song starts. This movie is incredible. It is. See, that's the thing, is that I just was really... Ho- Don't get me wrong, as to whether it can be entertained is debatable, but... Uh, Glad I saw it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we didn't even mention that in the final fight with Loveless. Spider legs come out of his little fucking chair. Oh, Jesus <laughs> He's got right. little spider legs on his chair, and his last word is boy as he falls was, to his death. I was really thinking he was going to have, like, a spider cock. Google gobble, Google gobble, oh, Google gobble. Stop northern regression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Alright, that's the nerve of this movie to end with a sequel tease. Like, alright, well, you guys are in the Secret Service now. See you on your next mission. How fucking dare you. And by <sighs> the way, this movie ends, I watch on Amazon Prime, and the corner pops up. Next up, Sahara with Matthew McConaughey. Mm-mm. Fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. <laughs> Trying to kill me. It, to me, it is preposterous. <laughs> Movies of this nature. <laughs> It's, you know, one of the most incredible things about all of this 
is that this did somehow make $200 million, more than that. And the theory goes that people were buying tickets for this and actually sneaking in to see South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. I believe there is a Patton Oswalt bit about this. Yes. Boy, you know what? Let's talk about the VMA's performance of Wild Wild West. Please go. So Will Smith rides a horse onto the stage. Uh-oh. He is wearing a burgundy suit looking like he's in the fucking player haters ball. They do the entire song with choreographed dancers, including Cisco, just jumping out of what appears to be a giant cake with fireworks. Cisco's there. Stevie Wonder's there. And at the end of the whole fucking shitty song, they like disappear in a cloud of smoke. And Stevie Wonder's just stuck on stage looking around like, what the fuck is going on? Is someone going to bring me back in? They left blind Stevie Ugh. Wonder on stage after Wild Wild West. They spent $4 million producing it. Like, what am I even supposed to say to this? I feel like, I, I feel like I'm caught in a spider's web. Oh, I mean. Uh, <laughs> Jesus I, uh, Christ. It's, uh, damn it. It damn is on it. YouTube, and I would recommend every single person watch that performance. It is incredibly embarrassing, but also incredible. I, I think I might need to see it now. Chris, do you recommend Wild Wild West? That's a good question. We should talk about whether we recommend Wild Wild West. I do recommend Wild Wild West because it is, it is preposterous, and I think it is a part of American history. You cannot say, oh yeah, you know, the song is real good. You should have to sit through the entire movie like getting to the bottom of your Cracker Jacks for the prize inside. I would 1,000% recommend this. Because if you've never seen it, you cannot comprehend the ways it progressively gets dumber. Like, it's bad, but the way it continuously one-ups itself in every single scene is staggering. Like, if you know nothing about this movie, you're following along, you got this weird half-dude driving around on his chair talking about titties and all that, and then a giant robot spider appears with zero build-up, like... You have to experience that. It's like watching For Best Till Dawn for the first time. You just, you have to experience it and treasure it forever. Yeah, see, there's the thing. It's like, it's not about whether it's good. I think people talk, this is going to sound fucking bonkers, but you know what? One film critic has to say it. Sometimes we focus far too much on whether a movie is good. You know, like, here's... I've never worried about that. Don't worry. I'm kind of sick of focusing on whether a movie is good or, or if it's bad. Think about this. Incredibles 2 is good. Yeah, to the surprise of fucking nobody, is does it have value? That's what's important. I think if a movie has a value in some capacity, if it has some sort of heart to it, even if a movie's really bad, this movie, this movie fucking sucks, but, I mean, you gotta see this. And just to see, and part of it, the value. If we're gonna play, if we're gonna place, like, some sort of worth on this movie, I think it's worth seeing how an over-the-top ridiculous idea can still go awry. Because this movie, if you describe it to me, this looks like something I'd be into. Will Smith stars in a movie where Kevin Klein is in drag for half the movie, Samuel Hayek's titties are in it, and you get to see, like, a giant mechanical spider. It's Kenneth Branagh is the best part of the movie, and he has no legs. I should love this. And instead, it's, it is complete garbage. It's the same reason that I recommend movies like Spawn. It's like it has some heart, and it's, it's seeing the violator. I think he's hysterical in it. And in fact, I'd recommend it just to see how bad the CGI is for the devil in that movie. Sometimes <laughs> I recommend bad movies, That's and it's fair. like sometimes we have to see this stuff. Sometimes you got to eat your vegetables. It is 
Except this isn't good mag- for you. Magnificent failure. <laughs> These are your every baked beans. Possible way. This like, movie will make you fart. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. So, uh, Parker, if I uh, if I could uh, sneak you in on something here, Ooh. I'd like to show you my latest invention. It is uh, I call it. What will we be watching next? And it's not for like what is our next movie. It it's is. Uh, I call it the Sibian. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> electric slide etc so uh what we're going to do here is uh we are going to uh do a little segment about what we plan on watching for next week outside of the uh main feature and we don't have to stick to this i'm not gonna you know whip you at your back if you say oh i'm gonna watch this and you don't end up getting time to do it but there's some stuff i'm excited for so if i can go first again show you what i'm trying to do here uh two shows that i'm trying or three shows i'll give you three shows and they're all cartoons that I'm trying to watch. Uh, the you first made is, up a new segment just to talk about watching cartoons. Yeah, you sack and, of shit. In other movies, trust me, because I was going to say Feel a Day last week, but I didn't. So for this one, um, I'm looking to watch. Uh, one's an anime. It's called Darling in the Franks with two X's, and I keep seeing it advertised on Facebook, and people say, "Yeah, it's actually pretty good." And it's a mech anime. I've never watched a mech anime all outside right. of like scant viewings and like. Tsunami, you know. Don't so, worry, uh, you will, because football season's around the corner. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of interested. I'm like, all right, you know, maybe this mech anime is going to be pretty cool. So I'm going to give it a, a solid, honest-to-God chance. Maybe this will be pretty good. Uh, I'm also trying to watch... I'm going to just try to finish off Season 2 of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, because, like I told you, it is good as hell. <laughs> and the other thing is I'm going to finally open up that Blu-ray case of uh, Avatar Last Airbender. I've just been so full you know i just I don't have the time to get around to it so i want to get to that i like i said that is a masterpiece you're watching that at some point okay. now as far as movies get to uh there are a couple that i've been looking to get to i, I actually want to get to the 1984 version of footloose but i also want to get to like the millennial remake of it at some point do you know i no, i you know i saw that something awful review where they gave it a 49 out of 50 they removed one point because nick cage wasn't in it and uh, <laughs> I also want to see A Place in the Sun and Diary of a Country Priest, two two-hour 1951 black-and-white movies. Also, I'm going to try to get around to the uh, Three Ninjas series, all four of those movies. And uh, there's a reason sure for okay? There is a reason for that, and I think you'll know exactly why when I get it's to it. High Noon at Mega Mountain, brother? No, it's actually the third movie. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. Knuckle up. <laughs> Honestly, I don't really have anything planned, but, you know, that Blu-ray of Twin Peaks, The Return, is just sitting on my coffee table, I mean, you know, waiting you for me to break that. into it. Yeah. Because once I start, like, you can't just watch three episodes and go, all right, I'll come back to that in a week. So I've been giving myself a little break before I just dive into it for 18 hours of whatever is in david lynch's brain but i think uh i think it's, this is gonna be the week truth be told i'm probably gonna watch feel a day again that movie was good enough it deserves another viewing are you sure you're good? i am sure i'm yeah i'm having a good time here i'm normal now parker we do need to talk about what we're watching next week you know what i got an idea you know i got my very own idea now at first time i wanted to party no uh See, that's the thing is, I, I feel if I dump you into this, you're not going to have a good time. Uh, I actually, I got an idea, and I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, uh, you know, maybe this will work out. But first of all, do you have any suggestions or anything on the docket that we just have to get around to? I mean, if we can't think of anything, I guess Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I just 
Like, is that out? Is that out this weekend? I think so. Oh, jeez. Like, how much man. meat is really on that bone to talk about? See, Unless that's the there's thing. some big fuck you twist coming, but I can't imagine. I, you know, like, I'm sure, like Incredibles we... 2, I'm sure it's really good. I'm sure it's a good 90 minutes or two hours. I'm sure it's very entertaining, but. Yeah, see, like, I keep thinking about it. It's like, I, I feel like that's part of our brand is to talk about cape shit, but Ant-Man and the Wasp? I, I don't know what there is to chew. So, I've got an idea. Parker, have you ever heard of the movie High Noon? It's 1952, and it's got Gary Cooper, and it's it's about, you know, not writing out your friends to the government. It's anti-communist sort of thing, and it t- all takes place in real time, and it's in black and white, and we're not going to do it for an episode because you would never do it. Correct. But when I say High Noon, oh, no. there are other Western comedies oh, no. that came no. out around the same time. You've... Parker, I, I would thinking. really like to get on to both Shanghai Noon God. and Shanghai Nights. God fucking damn it. <laughs> you know, throughout a lot of this, I thought about Shanghai Noon. And I was scared to bring it up. And yet, you've read my mind. God. <laughs> you, we okay. haven't done a Jackie Chan movie yet. <laughs> yeah, so why not do Shanghai Nights? <laughs> I've never seen either one of these. Ooh, I was yeah. honestly thinking it doesn't have to be this week, but you brought up the Matrix. Like, I uh, don't think I've uh, seen the Matrix Revolutions in its entirety. In my you're life. gonna uh, you're gonna have to do those without me. I oh, okay. It's it's just that those movies. I'm I'm not a big Matrix guy. It's just those movies all seem to blend together for me. You know, it's just the constant action, the awful awful writing, and it's just it's it's it likes to think it's so much more deep and meaningful than it really is. All right, that's fair. I'll go on that journey eventually besides you talk enough about red pills and blue pills anyway we can Look, just... I just take the black pill you themoids
<laughs> Good, the last thing is me yelling Femme, what is God intended? <laughs>